out with a pillow in this horribly uncomfortable chair this time, so. You could get a different chair. I'm assuming you have more. Yeah, that's true. We have new chairs in the kitchen, which I guess you can see in the, like, push-up picture we put in the Remy folder. Remy doing pu- Oh, him eating a push-up. Yeah, please, we don't right. do push-ups in this house. I'm sure. The waitress gave him that at the Chewies because he had been so cute. Well, that's fun. So y'all going out to eat and stuff now? Well, I guess we went, like, twice. Um, mm. We went to, you know, Cheesecake Factory over spring break and then Chewies after that. Those are two good places to go. True. Not as cool now that they're not doing the... Uh, the free cheese dip bar oh yeah do they still bring you chips and salsa and stuff surely yeah but i asked that to... question and then went i've been in like 10 restaurants since this started there's no way they're not doing that right but during happy hour they used to have just a, a like nacho station set up where you could get you sure. know free cheese dip and ground beef and beans and salsa whatever right and get you go get up and get your own chips from that instead of having to wait on someone to refill your chips oh, yeah Towards the tail end of me going to my college's cafeteria, like it was somehow after it was after freshman year, and it was like the only time I went in a later year. They added a nacho bar, Ooh. which like I would have been all about every day if I you know was still going regularly. Now I remember they didn't have sour cream over there, but then I would walk over to the baked potato area and get some. Mm. So got to utilize the full spread. I'm sure it's grown. You know, even more since then. Oh, now this seems a little too high. Maybe I'll just tilt it. <laughs> Part of me wants to get one of those big, like, microphone arm things. So, I'm like, that would be really convenient. But, like, it would only be convenient while I was using it. The rest of the time, it would be like, where am I going to put this thing? I don't know that I even have a desk it can screw onto or whatever. And Right. It's not like you have, like, a podcasting wing. I know. Like, and I wish I did, but there's no reason to have one. Like, no. Like, this isn't a pro not, deal. Right. You're not Conrad. Like, exactly. Why would you have that? <laughs> but it's cool. Sure. Before me and Kelsey were looking at, you know, houses or whatever before we moved here, there was one that just had, like, a little, like, probably eight foot by eight foot, like, office kind of area and i was like this would be perfect i don't like the rest of this house but i want this one tiny room just for me (laughs) put in computer and podcast stuff and like old video games now i just use the laundry room to cram all my shit in and if there wasn't a water heater in there i'd probably be recording this podcast in there for sound reasons (laughs) so how hampered are we going to be from watching these movies a week ago and trying to record now i mean i yeah, I don't know, because I was worried a week ago, like, I don't really have much <laughs> to say about any of these. Like, That's why I thought we'd do them together, because surely we could get an, enough material out of two films. Right, because, like, they're not good, but they're not, like, horribly, like, oh my god, this is so shitty, I hate this. Like, it's just, like... Eh, I got there a little bit by the second one. <laughs> it was like, I've never wanted Robin Williams to shut up more than right now. Huh, no, I think I definitely like the, the third one better than the second. Oh, really? Well, since y'all are just joining us, we're talking about the Aladdin sequels today. Perhaps you know them as Return of Jafar and then later King of Thieves. Uh, I'm Jake. And I'm Dustin. And we thought this would be fun. This is uh, another Disney Toon Studios uh, feature. This would have been the first thing after DuckTales, uh, Treasure of the Lost Lamp. We did an episode on that, if y'all don't remember. Um, I realize now that I'm saying this, that was like a year ago, because it was definitely the last thing we did pre-pandemic, so that's fun to think about. Check it out in our archives. Um, 
this is like the subsidiary television studio that Disney owned at the time that was starting to churn out uh, a lot of, you know, lesser films, cheaper, uh, lower budget, you know, lower quality of animation. And then now we're not even going to theaters at this point. We're going direct to video with Return of Jafar in, did I say the year 1994? I think it was. So yeah, we've hit a sweet spot where the animation um, can be made cheaply enough, plus enough people have VCRs and right, you know, the capability to watch things at home. Where you know we could make a movie; it doesn't have to be the best movie ever made for enough people to buy it. You know, especially you know children to either buy it themselves or talk their parents into buying it, depending on the age of the ch- the child. You know, right? I think there's like. I don't know, a sort of like childhood magic in that that probably doesn't exist now or just because everything is so immediate. But like the idea of like your mom's taking you to the store or whatever and you don't even maybe you don't even know. But like you look at the shelf and suddenly like what? There's a new Aladdin already. I can buy this and mom, get me this for me. You know, I can take this home. I didn't even know they made this. And like you're a kid, so it doesn't matter if it's good or not. It's more Aladdin, you know? I mean, the idea of, like, actually owning and possessing something. Right. That's not as much of a thing anymore. (laughs) Like, whether you're talking about movies or music or whatever. Like, it used to be neat to have this impressive music collection or whatever. But now, you you can have whatever you want. You can listen to whatever you want at any point. Um, And you don't technically have any of it because it's all licensed user agreements and, you know. And also, we can all have a U2 album out of nowhere without <laughs> asking for it. So It's genius. It was an interesting, it was a, a less interesting and better world in 1994 in many <laughs> ways. But uh, do you have a lot of childhood memories of this film? I remember that we watched it a lot, um, so we must have liked it as children. Though as, um, we, as I was re-watching it, you know, before we recorded... I was sitting there like, I don't really remember any of this. Yeah. I remember the the black lamp, and Jafar looks cool when he's a genie, and there was a lot of Iago, and, you know, mm-hmm. we don't have Robin Williams. But that's about as much as I remembered. And, in fact, it's been about a week since I watched it now, and I'm not even sure <laughs> I remember a whole lot of it now. That's how memorable this film is. That is true. We had uh, some technical delays last time around. Uh, we were going to record it about a week ago, and then I found out the cord to my microphone was like broken into pieces so had to wait on a delivery there speaking of of uh delays and you know usually we watch things within you know two or three days of when we actually record or at least i do seems like jake is normally watching them like the day of Mm -hmm. recording often as uh as sort of an experiment i decided uh months ago now to watch brother bear which um we're a ways off from chronologically. <laughs> I, yep. But because I'd never seen it before, I wanted to take like notes for you oh, know, okay. what was my first time like watching it. So I did take these notes. Now I took these notes and I don't, let's just say August of, you know, 2020, <laughs> we won't get to brother bear, you no. know, for some time <laughs> since the last Canon episode we did was Aladdin. Right. Will I still be able to find those notes? These are not electronic or, notes in right. some sort of Google Drive somewhere. They're on a legal pad somewhere. Will they be um, legible <laughs> that many, you know, years after you wrote them? So, you know, zoom ahead to the Brother Bear, <laughs> Brother Bear episode <laughs> if you're, you know, skipping around in the archives uh, to the future. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, 
when that will be. Um, I had sort of the opposite feeling uh, watching this film where I, I went in the same way as you going like, I don't remember anything about this movie. Like, I know I watched it, but I don't know what happened. And then as they started speaking, I was like, I know every line they're about to say. Like, why is this in my brain still? Like, there should be better information in my brain than this. Why do I remember the lyrics to Iago's stupid fucking song? (laughs) But it's in there. Um, And I did watch this a lot. And I think I, I brought this up a little bit at the end of Aladdin. But I really like the way Aladdin ended in regards to setting up a sequel because Jafar kind of had like the perfect, you know, Disney villain death of like, he's not really dead. He got made like infinitely more powerful, but was outsmarted and like thrown off into the, you know, horizon. So like, he's still out there, he's trapped, but he'll be freed again at some point, you know? So like, that's a good place to pick up a story. And basically on that same note, I want to say, I think I enjoy the concept of this movie more than I enjoy watching the actual movie. Like, because if you watch it, it's not particularly memorable. There's, I'm not saying like, oh man, what a hidden gem. Go out there. Have y'all revisited Return of Jafar? It's the great, it's a great overlooked Disney film. It's like, no, it's, you know, it would be a good episode of the television show. It's, you know, 70 something minutes long. It probably should be like 45, maybe. <laughs> And it does actually function as the pilot for the TV sure, show. Sure, yeah. I didn't realize that, but yeah, it was uh, basically ordered at the same time as the TV show. And they were initially planning on, uh, or at least discussing, like, we could do a uh, you know, a theatrical release on this. So they were like, or we could put it on, on VHS, and it would take, like, a fraction of the amount of time to do that. And it's like, okay, sure, why and not? you can and- see from the opening uh, shot of the movie... Of oh yeah, this is definitely much mm-hmm. more cheaply done. Like this is definitely not uh, Aladdin. You right. Know, it's the same music going. Yeah. It's the same you know sort of idea of a background going at the beginning. But as soon as right. it appears on screen, you're like, nah, that ain't it. Right. And we didn't uh, really dive into this so much when we did our Aladdin episode because we focused more on like the racial insensitivity in the song. But like. Arabian Nights is a fucking banger, and I think these movies uh, are basically being propped up by how good that song is. Because <laughs> when you turn it on, it's like, oh shit, here we go again. Like, it pumps you up, and you're ready to see this movie. And this is the same song, but just with different uh, verses, that which were actually written, you know, it's the full-length song, I guess, from when they made Aladdin. And it was just, you know... Hey, we didn't use these verses last time. Put them in the new movie, and it's enough to, from the get-go, make you feel like, okay, Aladdin. Which, And then you continue to watch it, and you're like, eh, this is not Aladdin. But Hmm. it's enough to sort of boost it from the start. Yeah, I think Arabian Nights, as uh, an opening credits song, uh, and as far as setting the atmosphere for the whole movie, does probably... uh, the. The, you know, the best job since the only thing I could compare it to would be uh, like the Jungle Book, uh, where that uh, sort of intro opening credit song, which doesn't even have any words, it's just music in the in the Jungle Book. But it does mm-hmm. totally set the atmosphere where you have like oboes and uh, whatever other instruments playing. And then you like they add like monkey sounds in the background and you get like jungle sounds, but it sets, uh, you know, the scene and puts you atmospherically in that setting from as soon as the movie starts in a way that Arabian Nights picks up on. Yeah. I'm trying to think like what other opening credits songs have we had that have been memorable at all. I mean, I guess technically like uh, 
the fucking Pinocchio, the one that's our theme song. <laughs> what is it called? When you wish upon a star. When you wish upon a star probably counts, but yeah, well, yeah, but that doesn't like it doesn't have to do with the setting of where no. the movie is taking place in the same way. Yeah, like, it's more of a no mood. One, yeah, no one is arguing that uh, the opening song from Beauty and the Beast doesn't belong in an all-time Disney sure. great opening discussion, but it doesn't set the same atmosphere that uh, yeah that Arabian Nights and and the intro yeah, credit right song away, from Jungle Book. Yeah, time period, you know, location, uh, you know, mood that you're gonna feel throughout the movie right off the bat. And even lyrically with this one, too, which they're pretty lazy lyrics, but, like, when it says, like, open sesame, here we go, and it's just, like, okay, let's go, like, it pumps you up a little bit. Exactly. Especially if you're 10 or whatever. Yeah, because if you're 10, you don't care that the animation's not as good. Right. I never would have thought about that as a kid. Right. You probably don't even care that it's not Robin Williams. I'm sure my, you know trying to be cool ass when this came out was all like i think this genie sounds even better like i'm glad it's not robin (laughs) williams like well i I mean we would have been watching the tv show too right like you may not have you might have seen literally more minutes of you know dan castellanetta genie than you did robin williams genie maybe i don't think that i watched much of the tv show or at least not as much as you did we had a couple tapes, and also now that I'm thinking about it, I probably saw the TV show later, like way after its initial run. Yeah, that's what I mean. I remember like probably checking out a, a couple episodes, but as far as like cartoons that I watched as you know, as a as you know, as a small child or you know as a tween, I guess uh, I'm thinking like Batman, the, Batman the animated series or the X Men mm. animated series. Um, Bonkers the cat. Yeah, Animaniacs, <laughs> Pinky and the Brain. Uh what is it? Like Bonkers? Is that what it yeah. was called? It's on Disney Plus too, which I tried watching uh an episode of it when Disney Plus first came out and I was like, I don't really want to do this that much. Like I'm good on this. Um Duck no, I don't even think I watched that many DuckTales. We just had the one like yeah. cassette, you know, of it. Ninja Turtles. Yeah, oh yeah, Ninja <laughs> Turtles. I didn't think about that. Ninja Turtles would have been earlier though, is that yeah, was, that's you true. know? I mean, it didn't go away, but yeah. Right, but I don't know that I would have still been watching Ninja Turtles in 94. I think by that point, we're to yeah, the like, probably teenage like, mutant yep. ninja turtles. If, you, if you're not familiar with that theme song, it's fantastic. <laughs> like, you go from, like, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, one of the greatest, like, theme songs that's ever existed, to just lazy, like, Teenage right. Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, your Zoom call fucked up while you're doing that, and it made it even better. Like it was some kind of weird auto tune <laughs> version of Ninja Turtles theme. I mean, that's. I'm sure that the audience didn't get that, but no, probably not. But that was just a gift I mean, for me. If T Pain redid the <laughs> Ninja Turtles theme, you know that would be great. Uh, somebody, not T Pain, but some like '90s grunge kind of artist or someone, someone that used to be famous but is now not, just did a Ninja Turtles theme song cover for like they're making a new Ninja Turtles game, and he did. I don't know who it was. Look it up, internet. I don't know if you had a Zoom issue there or what, but it on this end sounded theme thong, and I don't know what a theme thong is. <laughs> he covered it with a theme thong. Like, uh. Uh, oh, you're messing up too. I hope this isn't a recurring thing. No, I haven't. You haven't had any issues on my end. We'll keep trying. Um, I'm sure you and your, you know, one mumbup or whatever you had the other day when you had me screenshot it. And oh, <laughs> mumbup. 
I'm <laughs> Please. <laughs> I don't know what those are. Megabits per second, I think. I don't know. We just call mumbups in this house. How many mumbups we got? Not damn enough. That's supposed to be in the, uh, in the what do you call it, the infrastructure plan, right? Bring in all the mumbups. Yeah, I'm sure my hometown, the first place they're going to roll that out to. Well, I don't know about that, but the whole point was trying to get mumbups to rural areas. like. Yeah. But no, probably probably not. I may not even have any mumbups. It looks like it's in kabububus. <laughs> Those are not as good. I got 940 kabups. <laughs> I don't know what I have. I guess I could go back through our Don't thingy. worry. Uh, I was just stalling for time to remember what we were going to talk about next. Um, yeah, the movie opens, Arabian Nights, you know, still a great song. Animation looks a lot shittier. We go to a cave uh, where some thieves are gathering and uh, passing out all this gold and stuff. We get to meet their little, the leader of the troop named Abismal, which is not a Creative. not a pun I understood as a kid, but fitting. You know, it's, I'll give it to it. That's pretty clever. He's, uh, you know. Total goofball loser who just gets kicked around for the whole movie but thinks he's great. Voiced by Jason Alexander for some reason. Um, We talked a lot about, hey, there's no thought process to what if we got, you know, Arab voice actors to be in this or, you know, anybody that's not white. Uh, No, no one gives a shit. They give way less of a shit now because this is the animation team doing or the television animation team doing it. It's definitely... No one's working on, like, a Hollywood budget here, so we'll just use whatever. Jason Alexander will do it. <laughs> That'll be an easy uh, payday for him. Right, and we've added another very distinctive voice to the cast by adding in Jason Alexander. Like, we already had Gilbert Gottfried, who nobody sounds like, and right. you can easily pick out, like, that's George Costanza, uh, right. you know, when you hear him. And previously you could with Robin Williams, although he's notably not involved in, in this one. Right, and we covered that uh, in the previous episode. Uh, yeah, they they make a big deal about him returning for the third film, but the bridge was pretty well burnt uh, at this stage. Um, I was going to say maybe before getting into the like plot of the movie, maybe this would work better as an at the end of the podcast. I don't know, like if it would be good to get into the like Disney emerging as a powerful corporation, like in the way that like you know you have the like Renaissance, and then you've got we're going to add straight to DVD or straight to home video movies. And then let's we'll start buying more and more things. And just like, I mean, obviously they were already somewhat of a corporation, but they just start acquiring more and more things starting from this right. point. I feel like when they, you know, I don't think they always had ESPN. I don't know when they bought ESPN or, you know, I mean, that's the thing. I don't know that we have facts in front of us for this, but <laughs> we can just, just say, you know, it started here. Um, well, just Disney as a business, I suppose, of like, we're not making, right. I mean, and, and I don't I don't know that they were totally making movies just for artistic reason from the start either, but, right. you know, just the idea that like, we could just put this out really cheaply and make sure. a whole lot of money off of it, and especially Prince, or not Prince, King of Thieves may, is the, you know, made a, a ton of money on right. its release, and I think IMDb said it was the fourth highest grossing directive home video movie of all time which sounds like that's not a great stat like four guys grossing i'm curious as to what that full list would even be and how much of it is disney like yeah and you know how 
was at number one for a while and newer things have replaced it too. You know? Right. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's wild. Um, you know, I, I think you can trace, I mean, I don't know. Eisner came in in like the eighties, right? I'm pretty sure this was probably his, you know, global expansion, you know, marketing plan or something of just acquire things and make money off of everything forever, which leads to, you know, the Disney of the 2020s. Right. But, and also with it being the early nineties, and I mentioned this a little bit before, but like the price of a VCR in, you know, 1985 is way more, is way higher than it was uh, by 1994 when this movie came out. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, at this point I'd say they're probably in most every American house, you know, and probably more than one in each American house at this point too. So especially if you've got the idea, which probably is a nineties, maybe eighties phenomenon of like having a tv in the child's room and not just one tv per house that everybody has to share but Mm -hmm. a tv in each room and then a vcr in each room is another step from there where the kid can watch you know all day long whatever movie he wants and be like this kid did (laughs) right or this kid wanted to know what everyone else was doing so that was never satisfying (laughs) enough for me like Mm. where i was much older than you by the time i got a tv in my room like uh weird background on us that i suppose is not really <laughs> relevant to this story but like so growing up we um at first shared uh, a bedroom and then we had like a playroom where we had all our toys and a tv and vcr or whatever um and then when i was in around fifth or sixth grade i think i was like six is when i got my own room yeah so at that point uh we split up and i got my own room and uh Jake moved into the the playroom, basically, which meant the TV and VCR and all, whatever was in there. And like, I wasn't interested in first in like getting a TV in my room. Like, I don't need a TV in here. Like, I'm gonna be hanging out with everybody else. Right. I Eventually, mean, we slowly added one in there, like one that you even like. Yeah. Where the hell did we get this like TV with an actual dial on it in the I mean, 90s? That's the thing is, someone had to but, age yeah. out of a TV. Like, someone got a new one, and the old TV got passed down. I think that TV was at Nana and Pop's condo before it was yours so maybe when the condo when they got rid of that i don't know maybe i don't know i don't remember when that was like 2000 surely you had a tv before then but yeah because by 01 i was i you know yeah that's when i got the the picture picture one maybe they just got a new tv at the condo i don't know dustin looks like he's doing something a thing flashed up about it's time to restart oh hell it is that yeah you chose to restart as soon as an update was available. Like, well, I didn't mean it. Like, <laughs> yeah. You knew better. <laughs> Seriously, you can't listen to me. <laughs> um, George Costanza. <laughs> I was in the pool. He's, uh, uh, he's got these, these thieves. They don't like him, but they follow him around for some reason. And he takes all their, you know, special gold and prizes and he picks it all for himself. Uh, how do you think he got to be the bumbling leader of this group? Like, how did he fail up? I don't know. Way? Born like, into it, maybe? Yeah. Like, was his, is he just the money mark? Like, I mean, they let him think he's the leader because he's funding all their expeditions? <laughs> like, I don't understand. I mean, in the later film, we learn there's a king of thieves. So maybe there is like a hierarchy here. And maybe, you know, Abismal is just related somebody's fucking cousin and gets to be in charge of this. Couldn't tell yeah, you. Yeah, I don't know. 
but uh, all the thieves are, you know, scheming behind his back to get rid of him. And while this is happening, we see Aladdin and Abu sneaking around doing their thing. So we're we're very much picking up right where the first story left off, Aladdin. But not explaining why they're still doing this. Like, why are mm. they, like... They're royalty the now. the first movie, yeah. Like, I mean, I know he's not technically a prince, and but the Sultan's already decided it doesn't matter that he's not a prince. Right. Why is he back out on the street doing this? Like, why Abu could have anything he wants at this point? They live in the palace like why right why are they out there taking from thieves like when did he become robin hood well that's the thing is i was questioning this at first too because i was like is he just doing this because like i mean sure these are bad guys but like is he taking this for himself because that's not a good guy thing to do just an adrenaline junkie like we we do show in a later scene he's like throwing it out to the citizens of agrabah so it is a robin hood thing um which you know aladdin's a good guy it sort of makes sense that he would he gave bread to starving kids in the first film you know so yeah but there's no reason to do it in, as a vigilante like this like that's he also lives true in the palace work with the guards i know they don't like him but right. maybe they would if he worked with them instead of just going rogue and trying to do all this on his own true but aladdin true to his character is like uncomfortable in the palace and still doesn't know what he's doing and you know, he and Jasmine aren't married yet, and he's still a little worried about, like, how it's going to go, how he's going to be with having power, you know, that kind of thing. Something I liked about this is, you know, a big portion of this plot is that Aladdin is, like, keeping a secret still, which is problematic, because that's what he did in the past. Um, and Jasmine is like, we said no more secrets, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, yet they continue to have secrets in this one and the next one like they, they never get better on that no they don't because it's they go back to that plot point well a few too many times but i mean it makes i feel like this movie i don't really have anything to back this up i'm gonna talk out of my ass here but i feel like this movie makes certain things click that i don't think later disney sequel films they would have ever given shit about like it it makes sense. We the story continues from a logical point. The story is mostly about Iago, who's in the middle of like having a face turn, uh, which makes sense uh, in regards to like how he was treated so bad in the first movie. Like you and me are always talking about how you know in our best of episodes, like which villains we think are ready to turn good guy, and like Iago does that over the course of this film, and his actions make sense throughout. And you know he goes from looking out to, for himself to like looking out for everybody else, and. Yeah, he doesn't go, I mean, he does at the end help them out and, you know, have a moment of, of conscience or whatever, but he still doesn't go full on good guy and definitely not in the third one when right. he, you know. Which I, we should note, neither of us had ever watched the third one before this. No. Right, we didn't own it growing up, um, and so, like, it was totally new to us, and I was surprised by, like, what Iago was doing throughout the movie, because I was just like, are you are you going back evil and we're not making a big deal about it like no he's just he's just a tweener i guess just out just out for himself dta (laughs) but this film i think tells a logical it picks up the story from where it left off and continues in a logical direction whereas feel like whereas i feel like little mermaid 2 or fucking pocahontas 2 or some shit they were just like "Eh, whatever it's another story you know here's little mermaid again but with a different villain like or it's about one of the main character's kids. They've got kids that are just like them. Right, that is true. Back to redistributing the treasure to the people in the way that Alan... Uh, Al, Alan. Alan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's so far from the original, he might as well just be named Alan Din instead of Aladdin. <laughs> Not quite the same. Like, check out Alan Din. <laughs> 
it's really dumb. That's got to be some shitty like uh, outlaw wrestling show gimmick. <laughs> Just like a white dude wearing uh, offensive clothing named Alan right. Din to team up with Alucard. <laughs> Exactly. Anyway, what I was gonna say is he throws all the treasure back, except for one thing he does just keep for himself. He like, does, because he's gonna give it as a gift to uh, Jasmine. Yeah, okay, it's still a stolen gift. like, But it's I mean, stolen from people who stole it first. Not better. I no, mean, it's slightly really better, but, like, it's not... He's, it's not the same as like redistributing wealth to these other citizens who could who needed the money or whatever. Like, Aladdin or Jasmine could have anything she wanted. Mm-hmm. Aladdin also presumably has a fair amount of money now that he lives in the palace too you would think so but he he's still he's stealing you know he's confiscating if not stealing right this stuff like if the guards took that stuff and gave it to the princess that would also be shitty yeah it's not that far removed from that while this is going on um Iago is escaping from a you know a lamp that he got trapped in in the previous movie and having an argument with Jafar who's still stuck in there and so like we get them sort of breaking up and then we get Iago striking out on his own and of course singing a song about it. I do like the bold move to give Gilbert Godfrey not one but two musical numbers for this film. There's a lot of power behind that decision. Yeah, I mean, I guess after you had so much success with the first Aladdin, you're like, yeah, why not? Let's just have Iago. Yeah, because apparently that's what they knew going into it. They wanted Iago to have a big part. That's right. where they saw the story having ways to go forward and like, let's give him songs. Someone watched the movie and was like, you know what? There's not enough of that ridiculous co- comedian with an annoying voice singing songs in this movie. How did we not give him one? <laughs> you know what? We got to give him his own song and then we got to give him a love number. <laughs> halfway through the movie which they do and guess what fucking gilbert godfrey going all right i've had it i hate to be dramatic but it's time for me to get in it like that is still lives in my head rent free and i have no idea why nope and, you but, singing it for me was just like oh i've never heard that before i wonder how it goes <laughs> like even though i know i watched this movie you know a thousand times when i was little and you know less than a week ago right uh-huh. well we watched two films uh both of which had several songs in it. I'm going to go the first song of the first movie is the best of the bunch. So if you ask me how any of these other ones go, I probably don't remember them that well. I, I remember the genie one in this song, in this movie too, but it's also... If you asked me it right now, is there, and I have notes in front of me, is there a song in the third movie? <laughs> yes or no? There's like I four or five of them. Could not answer you with any certainty. Like, rem- uh, the only, maybe? The only one I remember is like the one that the thieves sing. They're like, welcome to the, the wait, <laughs> welcome to the den of thieves or something. I don't know. Nope. And not like, good. Never had a friend, never had a friend like me. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. Uh, Welcome to the 40 Thieves, that's it. That's what it is, yeah. So, I I mean, I watched these, like I said, less than a, a week ago, took notes, and paid attention. Like, when we, when I watch movies, mm-hmm. like, I normally don't have my phone anywhere near me. Like, I'm just watching and paying attention. But uh, it didn't stay with me even a little bit. I'll admit that this first film was just an exercise in frustration. Just... People out there, if you do not currently or have never had children <laughs> that are two years old, like this, just picture yourself trying to watch a movie when it's just you and the toddler together. Like he should want to watch a movie, right? Kids watch movies the whole time watching. It's like, Dad, what are you doing? Dad, Dad, what are you doing, Dad? I want to watch Ninja Turtles. 
And it's like, kid, I want to watch Ninja Turtles too, but this is for is important. I'm making content. Sit down. Don't climb on that. No, you can't have any Cheetos. I don't know what's happening in the last ten scenes. Like, why the fuck can't he have Cheetos? <laughs> what the hell's wrong with you? Because he had just had three other snacks. I don't know. So share your damn Cheetos. <laughs> That's we just ate Taco Bell. That's what it was. Give my nephew some Cheetos. <laughs> damn it, he's earned it. He gets Cheetos like every fucking day. And Cheetos and dog bone cookies is what he calls the uh, Scooby snacks. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're right about that experience of, of trying to watch a movie, you know, on your own with the toddler. I watched this one, with, you know, by myself. And then uh, I did watch King of Thieves uh, with him in the room. But my wife was there, too. So that that helped a little bit and less of like you deal with each thing right. you know, that comes up. But um I forgot what I was going to say. He he has started watching me play. I mean, he's always watched me play video games, but he's talking more and more. And sometimes it's annoying uh, when he's talking back about the video <laughs> games. We're like, he he loves to watch me cra- play Crash Bandicoot, which I'm sure anybody would because it is a show. Like, mm-hmm. I need, I don't, I'm not really interested in starting a Twitch, but I need a Twitch because it would be <laughs> fun to watch. Um, just like, wow, this man really can, just like, I've never even heard those cuss words put in that order before. <laughs> like, how can you die that many times in the same spot? But he sits there and watches and just says stuff like, you fell in the hole? Like, Dad, why'd you fall in the hole? It's like, I didn't mean to. Yeah, like, you're not helping. Yeah. That turtle got you? That turtle got you, Dad. He got you. And he's like jumping and like poking me like, he got you. Like, it's like, yeah, I know, man. Like, I don't really need you to point this out. Yeah, I'm trying to be cool. I'm trying to be cool. Why'd he get you? <laughs> but yeah, he gives the thing to... Uh, jasmine and then the sultan's got an announcement right. and uh the big announcement is oh yeah because they can get married first. yeah isn't that the announcement i don't remember what the announcement was i just wrote down there was an announcement and didn't write down what it was <laughs> <laughs> he announces he's sultan announces he's gonna make him the royal vizier because that position oh yeah open. that's what it was okay it's in the next one he announces they can get married finally yeah this one yeah aladdin's the new vizier right which I mean, that's fun. You know, that's a plot point. There's a vacant position from the previous film. Like, I think that's a nice thing to remember. But uh, sure. Yeah. So Sultan tells him that. And then Aladdin goes out on the town and runs into Iago. Uh, and then some shit happens, and Iago saves his life from these. Oh, from Abismal and his thieves. Because by the way, Aladdin uh, is wearing his like fancy Prince Abubu outfit from the first film. And goes out into the marketplace, immediately runs into Abismal, and Abismal and his thieves recognize him as Aladdin, which, like, why the fuck couldn't Jafar do that, or Jasmine do that? <laughs> In the previous film, it was actually pretty plot important that nobody realized he was the street rat but well, guess maybe what it's been in all the maybe it's been in all the papers since then though you know <laughs> okay shocking true identity of prince ali ali ababwa's <laughs> revealed uh, you know yeah we all know who that is mike but why does he do it in the impact zone <laughs> exactly yeah, but fucking George Costanza knows what he looks like immediately. He wasn't wearing the hat, though. See, it's the hat that made it where they couldn't figure okay. it out before. I must have missed like, that. It changes, changes everything. I don't know. So some shit it's goes down, dumb. and Iago saves him. And because of this, uh, Aladdin's like, well, I'll show you to the Sultan, and he'll forgive you, but I got to be sneaky about it. And like, he doesn't talk to Jasmine about, like, hey, this weird thing happened in the marketplace or anything. 
Yeah, because Aladdin's first instinct is always to lie. Like, it's yeah. either to be sneaky, of which he has gotten by by being sneaky for most of his life. But his right. his instincts are sneak or lie. Right. Um, which, like, Jasmine is, like, mildly upset by this, which is why they have a fight and, have, and Iago has to sing a love song to them to get him back together in a little bit. But, like, I don't know, like seems like jasmine being upset about the things aladdin keeps saying he's gonna stop doing but doesn't like that could be your subplot but it's not and as such jasmine doesn't really have much to do in either of these films nope like so uh, except she gets to randomly be a badass at the end of the at the end of the third one like when they're like fighting on the on the ship or whatever she can just kick everybody every thieves ass for no reason like why why would she be good with a sword why would like i guess she hangs out with a tiger but like why is she able to do all of this like we haven't established i mean she does have those like park parkour skills from the first movie when she's able to like jump over the walls and you know get away from the guards and all that kind of stuff but right why is she a badass anyway abu doesn't trust iago Right. No one but Aladdin does. Raja tries to pounce on him. But, I mean, again, it seems like if Aladdin talked about any of this, we wouldn't have a plot. So that we have true. to. Um, because now nobody trusts each other because Aladdin's hiding stuff. And Iago's so, back, but Iago's pretending to be good, and no one knows whether or not to believe him. So Costanza's about to get mutinied when uh, he finds the lamp. Yep. And then Jafar wants revenge, but he has to obey his new master, which is a good uh, quick way to explain to the audience that, like, hey, that's Jafar, and oh, yeah, that's right, he can't just do whatever he wants, he's a genie, right. he's got to obey uh, Abysmal instead. Right, and, uh, you know, contrast that with, we meet, we you know, we see, oh, shit, Jafar's back, he's this all-powerful genie, but he has restrictions. Also, here's genie, he's back, too. What he explains, you know, he doesn't have his regular powers, he has semi-phenomenal, nearly cosmic powers now, which uh, essentially means that he can do like Bugs Bunny gags all the time, but he can't do anything to Basically. advance the plot. So don't worry, it's not a, an issue in the next movie when his powers are back and it's no big deal. Like, yeah, true. But in this one, you're right; he is limited. I feel like we should, you know, we've talked around this before, but uh, Dan Castellaneta's put in a no-win situation. Here right, where he does the best he can, but you know, everybody yeah. knows what the genie's supposed to sound like, and that ain't it. It's not, and like. I don't hate his performance or anything, but the problem is, like, now it's not like Dan Castellaneta gets to go up there and riff like Robin Williams did. Like, we're now trying to script Robin Williams' jokes without Robin Williams being here. So, like, of course it doesn't work as well. But Genie himself somehow feels like he has more purpose in this film than he does in the second one, where he's literally just like, okay, next ten minutes I'm going to make all these jokes at the camera, and then more plot will happen after that. Like, he's completely disconnected from everything in the next film. And this one, he's just like, hey, I've been gone, and now I'm back, and I missed you guys, and there's nothing more important in, in the world than a friend or something, and... And he's in the he's in the winter warlock position of like I used to have all these great powers <laughs> now just I hope I have enough magic left <laughs> just this magic magic corn. feed corn yeah God he sucks <laughs> there's no reason it's never explained why he loses his powers like yeah. his powers came from bitchiness it was his only power <laughs> yeah. it's like oh when I'm mean I can do all this shit and now I have friends and I have no power mm-hmm. fucking Santa Claus is coming to town. 
It's great. It's not. I can't wait. This coming this Christmas, I talked Jake into it last year and then we didn't do it, but it's happening this Christmas. We are reviewing Christmas specials. <laughs> We're talking that one. We're talking Rudolph, Frosty, you name it. I'm so excited. I don't Dudes I don't Dudes uh, talk Christmas. I, don't... I forget the name of our show. <laughs> dudes watch Christmas. I don't recall agreeing to any of this, but Doing it. <laughs> it's been declared doing it so jafar is back and he sneaks into the palace and finds iago um and now he can blackmail iago i'm not really sure what his leverage is other than i'll kill you uh i don't really know (laughs) just iago is afraid of him he skips some stuff where uh, abysmal makes a wish right away he knows exactly what he wants he wants a sunken treasure which uh jafar gives him but he gives it to him underwater of course so then he has to use his second wish to wish to be back on land which is a good chance to use jafar as a foil for genie where genie um helps aladdin get out of the cave for example without having aladdin make a wish that's true yeah but uh jafar is intentionally burning wishes and he's which after the third wish doesn't he like have to go back in the lamp right what's the Right, but he's so like manipulative and knows he can bully Ab- Abismal into not using that. And Abismal is too stupid to figure this out. So, and I, does he explain that he can't kill anyone? Does Abismal know that? Because I think there's something, you know, the whole "but be surprised what you could live through" thing. Uh, you know, that's sort of his threat to Abismal. It's like I can't yeah, kill I you, know. but I can injure you a fuckload. All I've got is second wish back on land. Give Aladdin fate worse than death. So I don't know if it's that he. Maybe he knows he can't kill him, but he's also trying to convince himself that he's, you know, still all powerful or whatever. It's like, well, I didn't even want to kill him. I want to give him a fate worse than death mm. when, like, he actually has to decide that's what he wants to do because he can't kill him. But I don't right. know. And then here's where the Sultan wants Allied and be the new vizier, which means what was the announcement I wrote down three or four lines earlier? He must have <laughs> announced something. Uh, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I thought that scene happened a while ago. Free donuts. Maybe that was the announcement. <laughs> so Jafar threatens Iago and blackmails him, and Iago's like, I'll take the good guys away for a minute, and that's when Jafar can make his move, and he attacks Genie and Carpets while they're doing some shit. Oh, they're Genie, Abu, not Carpet. Genie, he attacks Genie and Abu while they're doing some shit, because Aladdin, Sultan, and Carpets. I guess Jasmine maybe gets attacked too. I don't remember the details. I don't know. The point he is, Jafar into... shows up and sings a song about how you're only right. second rate. Right. He talks to, well, first he talks to Iago and talk, tells him how proud he is and, you know, that he wants him right. to betray Aladdin. Right. Blackmails Iago. Then, yeah, you're right. Okay. Yes. Only second rate. Yep. Only song I remember. <laughs> you clearly didn't even remember that one. Oh, there you go. Genie and Abu trapped fake Sultan's death. Al accused. Yes. So that all happens. They Aladdin and Iago and Sultan are all flying off to this waterfall area. This is a plan. Uh, Aladdin wants to get back in Sultan's good graces because of this Iago business. You know, Sultan doesn't understand why Aladdin's trusting Iago when Iago force fed him crackers and shit in the previous movie. Uh, so then Iago says, hey, Aladdin, let's take him up to this secret place. And then they do. And then that's when Jafar and Abismal attack. Uh, you know, Aladdin doesn't know it's Jafar. Jafar's in disguise. He just thinks Abismal has magic all of a sudden and is like, what the fuck? That doesn't make any sense. You suck way too hard for that. Uh, mm-hmm. 
and then Sultan and Carpet and all the good guys get captured, basically. And it's at Aladdin who gets left behind, and then that allows J- Jafar to uh, frame Aladdin for the murder of the Sultan, basically. Right. Then Jafar pretends to be Jasmine and orders Aladdin put to death. Yep. And some shit happens, but then Iago turns all the way good and frees everybody, and then... Uh, you know, Genie, he frees Genie, who rushes out and saves Aladdin. And then we basically build to our climax, which is, uh, you know, all the good guys got to find a way to des- destroy Jafar, which the way to do that is to destroy his lamp, which we didn't really explain in the first movie, but that immediately makes sense. It's just like, okay, sure, that's Genie magic. That makes sense. You know, I'm not a Genie expert. I'll take their words for it. Any idea who, who Alexander is? Jason Alexander. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know. I wrote... Destroy Jafar, Alexander unsure about continuing to follow orders. Yeah, because he's like, wait a minute. I don't know. He questions if Jafar's really helping and helping him. Uh, and then Jafar just like starts giving him shit. No, Jafar wants Aladdin. Jafar wants Abiz Maul to free him with his last wish because that will give Jafar all the ultimate power. And Abiz Maul right. is like, wait a minute. You need to do stuff for me. I need all this treasure. And then right. Jafar You work starts... for me, not the other way around. Yeah. yeah. And then I think that's when sort of the you'd be surprised what you can live through uh, comes across with uh, Jafar threatening Abiz Maul here, saying, like, you think you're in the position of power here, but I am still an all-powerful genie, so shut the fuck up and do what I say, basically. Which, do you think Jafar keeps his mystique in this film? I think it could have been worse, to be honest. Uh, It could have been worse, but I still think... I mean, you're still beating him for a second time. Where like, and now he True. has the cosmic powers and found a way out of the lamp, which should have mean it should have meant like he's unstoppable, right? But you stopped him again, and this time it's not even like you had to trick him in in the same way you did in the first one, and like a bird beats him, like yeah. True, but I mean, the bird doesn't like I don't know knock a tree onto onto him and have him lose that way or like it's not no, like but lightning from nowhere knocks him off a cliff like yeah but we it's in still the, outsmarting in the original movie Jafar gets more and more powerful as the movie goes on through scheming and then through literally you know wishing himself to have more powers as the greatest sorcerer and then the you know an all-powerful genie he gets more and more powers and should have been more and more unstoppable but then you know because he's a genie can be put in the lamp in this right. one, he finds a way out of the lamp, which they thought would never happen, bullies his guy into doing whatever he wants before, you know, the guy has second thoughts and then, you know, gets, gets outsmarted pretty easily. Yeah. Right. By <laughs> this time, you don't even have a weakened genie. You just have like, or you do have, I'm sorry, you have a weakened genie right. that's fighting against him instead of, you know, the previously all-powerful genie. Right. Yep. Plus, he's not even an A-list actor anymore. <laughs> yeah. You've got genie's understudy beating you <laughs> yeah this is yeah he he's you know pick your monster but he's umaga like yeah you looked really badass and it took you know you had to be basically run over by a truck to be defeated and by cena then you just then but you then just you're get getting beaten, beaten by everybody yeah. right yeah that's a pretty good analogy i think he looks intimidating through the first you know 45 minutes of the film still but you're right i think having him sing changes it too yeah because like, he didn't well he did it to like shit talk Aladdin at the end of the movie. But. Yeah, but having him do a whole ditty, like there's a reason Shere Khan doesn't get his own song. Yeah. Like, and then the voice actor who did Shere Khan refused to do the singing when they did want him to sing something. Right. Where he does get to do the very end of the, that's what friends are for and they got someone else to do it instead. You're right. 
It's ironic, the guy that sings you're only second rate is actually very second rate in this film. Jake has walked away from the microphone, even though I've provided ample evidence that I don't know what happened in this movie. So Jake has walked away. He went to get a drink, maybe turn on the fan. He's sitting back down now, getting all adjusted, getting everything like he likes it, putting his earbuds back in. Jake is back, getting a big old drink. Sprite Zero. Ooh, very nice. So the final battle happens. Um, Jafar actually turns back into his red genie self for this, which he unfortunately doesn't spend most of the movie like that, which I always thought that genie looked really cool and scary at the end of the first film and was excited to watch this movie to see more of that. And he mostly just goes back to being regular Jafar throughout the movie. But for the conclusion, he goes big bad genie, but it's ultimately his own demise because the lamp has to be destroyed for him to be destroyed. And he just makes lava show up everywhere, which... Take three guesses as to what happens next. Uh, the good guys work together to distract him, and Iago kicks the lamp in. We act like Iago's going to die, but then he doesn't. Good guys celebrate, and Abismal is left dangling by his underpants in a tree. So, I mean, it was clearly a cash grab, and, you know, it didn't necessarily work. My final note on the film was that uh, it's fine. I like some aspects of the plot, but it has none of the charm, which is, you know, pretty important to a disney film yeah pretty accurate nothing nothing that sticks with you like it's all right while you're watching it whatever nothing memorable i feel like at in two directions like one i think a lot of this film would probably get a pass for being the first uh direct-to-video disney sequel but also i think they get so much worse like people will look fondly on this like if we watched four other direct-to-video sequels we might be like return to jafar was pretty good like I mean, do they? I mean, do we know that they get worse? Or I mean, we haven't actually seen them. Like, we do haven't. we know that these other ones are shitty? I'm like, going off of general internet opinion. Like, maybe you know, Bambi Two is like badass. Who knows? Maybe you really want to see Fox and the Hound join a band? Like, we could do a whole spinoff series here. I mean, Animal Band movie is good, right? Check out our episode on say. Country Bears. <laughs> Was that the conclusion you took away from that film? I mean. That movie was not good, but like the ones we're talking about tonight, it wasn't like painfully like, this is the worst movie I've ever seen. I hate this. I want I can't wait to rip this movie. It was just like, yeah, I mean, this is, this is not good, but I'm sure they tried hard. Like, are you? Yeah, I mean, they tried pretty hard. <laughs> well, do you think they tried harder on King of Thieves, which, you know, had a whole big marketing campaign behind it of, hey, we got Robin Williams. Do you guys like Robin Williams? Guess what? He's back. And they wanted more than that. They originally, you know, the original plan for who they wanted to play the King of Thieves? Who? Sean motherfucking Connery. Eh, do you think he would ask for a whole lot? Uh, I mean, apparently that was, that was, they had him. He just had a different commitment and they didn't want to move the schedule or whatever. So, but that would have been another very distinguishable voice. Um, I mean, we got John Rhys Davies, like, yes. that's not as big of a selling point, but I like him. I mean, I like Gimli as much as the next guy, but he's not James Bond, like... <laughs> Fair enough. I don't know. This is like Dragonheart era Connery, right? Like, I'm pretty sure he would take an easy paying voice gig. Perhaps. I don't know. I feel like we're going to have a difference of opinion just from glancing at the first line of my notes on what we think about Robin Williams in this movie. Okay. Because the first thing I wrote, first I just wrote the word wedding by itself. (laughs) Plot. (laughs) (laughs) And then after that, Robin makes a difference. Yeah. You know? Which it does. I do feel like there's way more effort in this one compared to the previous one. And part of that is Robin. But I feel like 
they're trying things in a way that the second one was just like throw out all the same characters and hope that we can string them along enough to make a movie happen that's true this is a, a whole new plot my my early note that i feel like is worth no, worth noting uh is i just have an instance that says hour 25 with a question mark exclamation point after it like the first thing i've noticed is turning on is like why does this have a runtime that's as long as the original aladdin we are direct to video <laughs> motherfuckers this should be clocking in at a lean mean 63 minutes or something like and trust me, by the end of the movie, I was like, why is this still going on? Right. So, wedding, Robin makes a different shoehorn dad drama. Yes. All mopes. Yes. Opening song, better. Bad guys sneak in, charging elephants. There's Genie powers seem fine. There's all that and more. Um, on the note of Aladdin moping, he mopes in every goddamn movie. By this movie, I was like, I'm done with Aladdin and his drama. Like, Right, and he doesn't normally go straight to moping, and we've never even brought up the fact that he misses his dad before, right. or doesn't know his dad. Like, mm-hmm. where did that even come from? Uh, you know, I think it was assumed both parents gone or dead in the first movie. Like, he's on his own, right. emancipated minor or whatever. But, but so he's worried about his dad. You know, he never knew his dad or whatever, and then suddenly the first man he meets after that must be his dad. Of course. <laughs> and he has Surprise. this heirloom knife that I guess he, his dad left behind, and, like, he must have held on to that forever, but he right. never carried... That's all he left behind. Never carried it on him at any point in the previous two films. Maybe it was in his, like, little hideout stashed away or whatever, but guards raided I that, so whatever. Yeah, Robin Williams is back, and he's got lots of funny jokes to make. And trust me, we just gave him carte blanche. Uh, just whenever, whatever you can roll off, we'll put them all in, and uh, we'll stretch this movie out. Because Robin, I mean, Genie, barely, I mean, he had a little bit to do in the second movie, but, like, I don't know. He was freed. He should be out living his life, seeing the world. Like, there's really nothing for him to do in this one. He's just here because he'll sell tickets which makes sense but there's no plot reason for him to be here and he spends Mm -hmm. most of the movie just hanging out with jasmine who also has nothing to do she's just waiting to get married which i'd say is a big step back from you know what all she had going on in her first you know in the appearance in the good movie uh (laughs) dustin has messed up something with his microphone i hit it with the notes my notes and then it weeble wobbled for a bit but we're good now (laughs) But Jasmine's character is literally just waiting for her man to advance the plot. Like, she doesn't do Which anything. Which is frustrating, because in the first movie, in the actual movie, Aladdin, she was pretty strong and independent and, you know, mm-hmm. is able to change her father's opinion on a few things and stand up for herself in a way that she does not do in either of these other two movies. Although, you know, even though she gets to look like a badass at the end of King of Thieves, she you know, still doesn't get to do much personality wise or right. character growth or any of that and it's been a long time since i watched the tv show but i felt like most of it was like aladdin and jasmine and abu and iago like all and genie all going around and you know having these adventures together and it was a real saturday morning cartoon feel of you know here's the good guy crew but mm-hmm. jasmine doesn't get to go along on any of these adventures she just stays in the palace and waits but yeah, there's a wedding going on, and Genie's here to welcome people to the town via song. Not a song that I remember, but he sure sang a song. And he <laughs> did lots of fun, funny, different uh, accents in the song, because that's a big recurring thing that seems to have just gotten more prevalent as these have gone on. Lots of like, here's Genie dressed as a Jewish guy for this line, and 
here's genie <laughs> dressed as an indian fella <laughs> like it's you know we had there was some questionable you know race situations in the first movie and guess what when we get rid of the budget and most of the writers like wonder which direction it's gonna go but again after the after watching return of jafar i was glad to see him again I'm like this is great keep going do another song and by like the third genie scene i was like can we move along like <laughs> sure you could do you know the 10 jokes you just made if you'd have kept one of them it might not have been so annoying but we're gonna do all 10 okay let's just yep. sit and wait and he's got way more disney references he transforms into i don't know how many like the rabbit from alice in wonderland and he says akuna matata at some point becomes pumba mm-hmm. like it's we just rattle him off there's a time when he dresses up like mrs doubtfire so we got robin williams being robin williams and imitating right. robin williams like it all folds in on itself yeah genie's powers seem fine and robin's powers <laughs> seem fine too of like i'm gonna keep playing the hits mm-hmm. and keep on doing them and they're not going to leave me on the cutting room floor because none of the rest of this movie's any good. So. <laughs> it's true. But yeah, so a bunch of thieves led by a guy dressed in blue invade the palace when this wedding's about to go on. And they steal a bunch of shit. And they have elephants yep. for some reason. And and they're doing a pretty good job. They bring the whole goddamn palace down. It's true. Uh, but then Genie decides to just kick everybody's ass and it's over. Like, because, you know, no powers anymore in the second one. But he's totally over that in this one and whips them all it's true it's very clear from the uh first time we see all the 40 thieves though that the killer croc looking motherfucker (laughs) is going to turn on uh the king it's Um, true i I looked it's not quite the same it's not the same voice actor but the voice is very similar to the animated series killer croc (laughs) and the skin tone is the same yeah i thought he looked like that white orc motherfucker from uh the hobbit movies like you know whatever is the bad guy that wasn't in the books like right yeah the as azog but he's dressed like stone cold steve austin for some reason <laughs> so dude i would totally cast stone cold <laughs> steve austin as killer croc <laughs> that'd be badass yeah because killer croc was a wrestler right That's at true. least the animated series we're not i, mean, like I, mean, I don't comic know book nerds or i whatever. think so is that is he in the new new suicide squad because back up and cast stone cold is that yeah, seriously. Um, there's a kung fu Asian man in in the thieves as well. In case kung you were fu wondering, Asian man, kung yeah. fu Asian man. I don't know what he says, but it just picture white guys writing. Hey, what if one of these thieves was, you know, Japanese for yeah. no reason? But yeah, Killer Croc will clear is clearly going to betray the king, who will turn face in the end. Like, <laughs> you want to just jump there because that's you summed it up. I mean, that, 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 skip ahead. They're, that's what you're going to see in this. They're movie. apparently going for this unexplained magic wand thing, which is an oracle that you know you get to ask the oracle one wish or something. Which she explains this after Iago gets fucked on the ask one wish question. Like, yeah, she's definitely not playing uh, playing around here. Like, up oh, that was a question. Sorry, it's true. Uh, but Aladdin's gonna look for his dad. That's his wish, and yeah, could have wished for or asked for anything, and instead wants to know his roots. Finds out his father didn't alive. Uh, father is alive. Uh, I wrote down. Still didn't really ask. Does that count? Um, because I think what he actually does is 
say something like, I'd like to know where I came from or whatever. He doesn't actually say, like, can you tell me? And she says, well, I could tell you all about your father. He's still alive or whatever. It's a weird, like, he doesn't yeah. word for words ask a question. Yeah, I don't even remember what, how that transaction so, went down. Yeah, so I wrote, still didn't really ask, does that count? Is this like the Cave of Wonders? Jasmine cheers Al up with song. Yeah, it's like an inversion of the magic carpet ride. A uh, whole new yeah. world or whatever. I don't remember what the fuck song Jasmine sings, but no, picture but a it's, worse it's, whole new world. It's kind of sweet, though. She's trying to cheer him up, right. and she, you know, takes him on a carpet ride. It's, you know, it's nice. So Aladdin and two annoying animals go out into the desert looking for uh, his dad. There's no real reason to bring Iago and Abu with him, and they pretty much just get to be the comic relief. Yeah, see, okay, so I think... That didn't count as his question, because after the cheer-up song, follow the trail of the 40 thieves is what the oracle tells him, and your father is trapped within their world. Mm. Then I wrote, guess he does get a question. Sure, there you Open go. Open Sesame Part C, Al sneaks in with Abu and Iago. Yep. Al saves Dad. Yep. And then he gets a trial bag, trial by combat with uh, Stone Cold Steve Orkston. <laughs> yeah, tested by Croc and Thieves. Mm-hmm. Al gets his shit pushed in. <laughs> he does. <laughs> he does. He gets his he gets his ass handed to him. Yeah. They fight down a cliff, but the bad guy ends up falling in the water, so Right. He accidentally kills Killer Croc. Mm. Um, but not really. Right. He dude comes out wrestling a shark later. He's kinda cool, actually. Yeah. Gives him an F five. Which is something Killer Croc would do. <laughs> um Al now part of the forty thieves, Croc survives, kicks shark ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Al's dad has secret lair within the secret lair. Like, that's pretty badass. You got your open sesame to get into the cave of whatever it's called. And then within there is like, the rest of my men don't know about that. That's true. And he opens up another secret area within his secret area. Um, this is where I jerk off. This other treasure he wants to find. It's pretty, pretty wild. The Hand of Midas. Yep, that's the that's the plot device. <laughs> that he yep. he has all this treasure already, but he wants the big treasure. We gotta go find yeah, the hand that turns everything to gold. No way that could end poorly. Right then, Croc sides with the palace guard to betray Al's dad. See, there's some like plotting, and you get different factions here. Like Croc's working with the guard, and True. Iago's working later on with Al- with Aladdin's dad, and Aladdin and Jasmine are working together. And like you got different teams. It's you know. They, they put some work into this. That is true. The dad goes to the palace at this point with Aladdin. Um, to s- oh, an important yeah, important point about Croc and the palace guard is that he tells the palace guard the password so that he can get in right. uh, to the hideout, tells him about Open Sesame. Yeah, which he doesn't remember, and he says some other seed that I can't remember that joke there, but Kelsey explained it to me because I didn't know what he said or what it meant, but it was a seed joke. <laughs> That's that's witty. Open acorn. Something on that level. So yeah, they the bad guy has captured the thieves, uh, and now the king is in the next scene. Oh, in the next scene, he captures the king. That's what that says. Uh, oh, and by the way, Iago um, has betrayed them to give this info to the bad guy, right? Isn't that how that worked? How did Iago betray them? Because he did. Uh, Open Sesame, Guardian Hideout, Al vouches for his dad, all thieves locked up, Croc tells guard true identity of Al's dad, Iago and dad try to get Scepter guards ready, dad, oh, try to get Scepter guards ready, dad arrested, Al dresses like dad to free him, guards chase king in quotes while dad escapes. I didn't write anything about Iago. (laughs) 
Maybe it wasn't that important. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to be looking at a plot summary while this is going on. I mean, why do you need one when you've got this going for you? They steal the Oracle is what happens. Kasim Kasim ah. and Iago are working together because they have a budding friendship, uh, which is really the only plot reason that Iago went with him on this trip. Uh, so they... Is, is... Is Kasim the dad? Yes, yeah, Kasim okay. is the dad. John Reese Davies. I never wrote down his name. Just, I just, just called dad. him dad for the most part, yep. too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not uh, even Al's dad, just dad. Yep. So, you know, they go to the palace acting like it's for the wedding, but while he's there, Iago's like, hey, I know where the Oracle is. They get it. And then Iago is never like punished or no one seems bothered by the fact that iago has just sort of betrayed them again when the whole plot of the last movie was like don't trust iago what are you doing aladdin like i mean i'm a i'm a goddamn scorpion like what did you think i was gonna do like he's that and the scorpion and the frog here like right it's you know not uh as big of a plot point as you would think it would be no nah, i mean they knew what it was this is like when thor had to work with loki like he knew he knew <laughs> it was gonna happen but they get captured by saluk who is apparently the bad guy killer croc if you will okay uh if you will and so the oracle directs them to the vanishing isle which is the place they're trying to go to find the hand of midas uh, it's on a turtle. Yes, it is. That's how it vanishes, which is was a neat touch. I thought that was a cool like folklore kind of thing. It's like this island moves, so you'll never find it again or whatever. But yeah, they sail out into the middle of nowhere. And Aladdin, by the way, breaks his dad out of jail and does, you know, some thieving yeah, type I stuff here. That. Okay. Yeah, yeah I he was dressed reading. up like his dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dressed up like his dad and then uh, the guards chase him while his dad escapes, and then his dad could have just totally escaped, but instead came back and helped Aladdin when he got caught. That is good. And then but while they're out on their own, uh, his dad is like, son, come with me and all that stuff, but Aladdin makes a big thing about, like, no, I'm not leaving Jasmine. I'm not going right. to do what you did. Right, in his stead. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to do what you did to me. Like, I have a family here now, and I'm going to stay then with them. Then his dad walks into a trap yes. where... Croc and the Seven right. Thieves. Then we go find um, the Vanishing Isle. So there is more going on to this right. plot, but it's the sort of plot you forget about five minutes after watching it. then Iago escapes and warns Aladdin what's happened to his dad. Mm-hmm. Then the wedding's on and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Al goes to help, brings known liability <laughs> Jasmine with him. Yes. <laughs> like, I'm bringing you so you'll get caught and I'll have to go, okay, I'll quit fighting. Like True. Also, I... I've lost as to where we are in the plot right now, but I found this line in my notes that made me smile. Um, bad guy recruits all the remaining losers, says via lame mm-hmm. song that Kazim was holding them back. Without him, we can be super bastards. <laughs> Before, we were just regular thieves. Now, we gotta go ultimate evil. Um, yep. And then the kidnapping. Yeah. Vanishing Isle, Jasmine beats up thieves who defeated the guards earlier, but somehow... This princess is able to beat them all off. Wait, wait, able to no, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> Phrasing. Hey, what happens on the Vanishing Isle stays on the Vanishing Isle, damn it. Uh-huh. She goes over for the Midas's hand, if you know what I'm uh, saying. Hey. Well, careful with that thing. It'll turn you to gold. I love gold. And there, okay. We made it to referencing Austin Powers 3, so this is going great. Um so the hand turns everything to gold, but seems to have no properties of gold because it doesn't weigh like 300 pounds or something like dude turns his cape gold and isn't immediately falling to the floor. 
he turns his goddamn cape cold, but then they <laughs> cold gold. gold. Uh, but then they like wrap it up in something to carry it, and whatever they wrap it up in doesn't turn gold. Like mm-hmm. it's the cloth very or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very uh, you know cooperative gold, I guess. Yeah, like, it's plot convenience. Everything right. turns to gold. You know, fables like Midas's touch and shit. Like they're always you know willing to work with you. They're not gonna screw you over or anything. Very uh, flexible. But, you know, we do some shit on the island and the bad guy turns to gold and dies. How much more detail do you really need? Right. The end. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, and that's the thing is, like, we go, we find the magic thing, and then we beat the bad guys, and then we're leaving, and we have the magic thing with us. And then Kasim says, like, no, you, son, you are my ultimate treasure. And then he immediately abandons the thing he's been searching his whole life for. Uh, right, because he found the other thing he'd been searching his whole his life son. for. And he drowns the remaining thieves for seemingly no reason on this island. <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do. They they turned to heel and he had to, you know, once you go super bastard, there's no coming back. As the film ends, Aladdin and Jasmine finally get married and Iago goes off with uh, Aladdin's dad. Because, by the way, I'm not going to stick around. You know, still, Papa was a rolling stone over here. He's going right. to keep uh, doing his thing and... Good luck with that whole family of yours, son. Well, my daddy left home when I was three, and he didn't <laughs> leave much from my ma and me but this old guitar and an empty bottle of booze. I thought the lack of Jafar in this film hurt it, because um, we have a villain, but not really one you give a shit about. <clears throat> and that it's harder to keep the plot going forward in a way that you are invested in without a strong villain, I'd say. Yeah. You didn't want to just keep talking about Boy Meets Sue. Or not Boy Meets Sue. Boy Named Sue. (laughs) Did you try to combine that with Boy Meets World? (laughs) I think so. I mean, it's a classic of a song, but not really relevant. Shel Silverstein. Yes. He wrote a lot of songs. Mm -hmm. Cover of the Rolling Stone, that's him. Another good one. Yeah. Others. (laughs) Bony Fingers. No, that's not him. That's That's the Joy to the World guy. Who wrote that? You know, Jeremiah was a bullfrog, that guy. I know His the name song. Is Ho- Hoyt Axton. H-O-Y-T, Hoyt. That is an NXT name, if I've ever heard one. <laughs> yeah, kind of. So, those are the Aladdin sequels, everybody. In case you were wondering, yeah, they're still pretty meh. Yeah. And not even, like, hilariously meh. So, mm. you know, watch them if you got nothing better to do. Like we clearly did. <laughs> Um, do you have, are there any other Aladdin, or not Aladdin, are there any other Disney sequels you've seen, like Lion King 2 or any of those? Uh, I, yeah, we talked before about, uh, Lion King 1 and a half. Mm-hmm. um, we talked about it in our Australian interview, and then I watched it shortly after we got Disney Plus, I, or, yeah, when, when Disney Plus first started, and, uh, it's still really good, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but I, check I, out I, Lion King 1 and a half. when it came out, I don't really remember. Pretty funny. I was going to pull up the uh, the list of yes. sequels. Well, just everything that this studio made. Yeah, run down the list. We'll see. Probably not, though. Oh, I did watch, uh, when we did The Tree this year, I had on Belle's Magic Christmas or whatever. Oh, okay. Um, but it was, like, on in the other room. Like, I just, like, because it was, like, we were working on the tree in the dining room, and it was on in the living room. So, like, I walked through every so often, and, like, oh, oh that's Tim Curry. How about that? And then, like, you know, walked back out. Well, if we do a Christmas special, then that's got to be on there, right? I mean, that could be next year's Christmas thing. We can spread this shit out. We don't want to do a, we don't want to blow our Christmas wad all at once. I think they've rearranged this list since I last looked at it. The dicks. 
so it's gonna screw up my uh chronology here okay if we're restricting uh if we're restricting this to just the direct-to-video releases from the b studio here because there are mm-hmm. some theatrical ones uh mixed in what are the other theatrical ones okay um, we'll do that first than- other than Treasure of the Lost Lamp. Well, the next one was a goofy movie. Oh, yeah, that's a great one. <laughs> exactly. So clearly these people can do good stuff. Yeah. Uh, then. I mean, I don't know that the animation in it is, is anything to write home about, but. Five years later, the Tigger movie. I don't know anything about that. Return to Neverland. Nope. Don't know anything about that. Jungle Book 2. Nope. Piglet's Big Movie. Mm-mm. Pooh's Heffalump Movie. Secret of the Wings. Of the Wings? Whose Wings? I think that's a Tinkerbell thing. Uh, you may have seen this one. Planes. Nope, nope. Haven't no, seen that one. Remy hadn't wanted mm. to see that yet. I mean, he watches the short where like Lightning and Mater can fly, but as far as I know, he hasn't watched. Mm. I mean, maybe he's watched it and I just wasn't around. But The Pirate Fairy. Nope. Planes, Fire, and Rescue. Nope. And Tinkerbell and the Legend of the Never Beast. So the only ones theatrical after the beginning were like Winnie the Pooh movies and Tinkerbell movies, it seems like. Yeah, clearly going for children and like younger children at that if we're doing Winnie the Pooh and Tinkerbell mostly. Right. Uh, So the next sequel direct-to-video would have been another Winnie the Pooh. Uh, Then Beauty and the Beast Enchanted Christmas and Belle's Magical World after that. And the Christmas one, from what I saw, wasn't, you know, it wasn't awful. It wasn't like it belongs in your, like, Christmas rotation if you're not currently watching it or anything. But, you know, everybody likes Tim Curry. Then Pocahontas 2. Then what happens? What could possibly happen in Pocahontas 2? She goes to Europe and learns to be a white girl. Oh, well, no, that's what, I mean, that's what happened in her actual life. Like, I'm pretty sure that's what happens in the film. Oh, is, is it just like uh, Georgia the Jungle, but a <laughs> cartoon? Like, I really don't i think it's mostly antics involving the raccoon and the bulldog so mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. the lion king 2 which has simba's is that simba's pride yeah, has andy dick yeah. in it i know that much okay uh mickey's once upon a christmas something called seasons of giving starring winnie the pooh <laughs> an extremely goofy movie little mermaid 2 lady in the tramp 2 cinderella 2 hunchback and notre dame 2 a very merry poo year 101 Dalmatians 2, Atlantis 2, Lion King 1 and a half. You know, just picture all of the crap. <laughs> so if we wanted to uh, continue to visit these going forward, I don't know, we could probably do them like franchise by yeah, franchise. Yeah, I, I think that they, would make sense. You know, some of them get twos and threes. But if we're starting out on this level, I don't know that we're really going to make any improvements. Um, I mean, I th- I think they could get worse. That might make yes. it... In- make for a better show if not you know they certainly could um but yeah my main takeaway from this was i wanted to watch the aladdin tv show so it didn't run me off from the franchise or anything but there's no like you know level of quality to this it was mostly just like hey here's a saturday morning cartoon that's stretched out a little too long basically could have been a multi-part episode of the well definitely return of jafar felt like it could have been a multi-part yeah. episode of of the aladdin show and kind of king of thieves too for being honest right but figured it'd be worth checking in on after doing that uh you know ducktales episode in the past you know Ooh. perhaps we'll check out some other disney acquired studios as as we go on here there's no telling what we could do bonus episodes about we love bonus we could do 
ESPN documentaries at this point. Like, Heck yeah. What don't they own? Heck yeah. Do we uh, want to transition to a talking snack? Do you have anything? You got anything? You got anything I mean, recently? Talking snack. Yeah, yeah. Talking snack. Yum, yum. Talking snack. Uh-huh. Let's talk about some snacks. I don't I know. Tried the uh, quesalupa? Uh, no, I haven't, but I'm no, not big on chalupas. It's pretty good. I don't really have anything like to say about it. It's, it's pretty good. It's, it's pretty, pretty good. good. Yeah, it's a yeah. pretty good thing. We got to come up with some sort of outro to this. So. Are you interested in the like bacon jam deal at the uh, at the Sonic? That's the I, thing they're doing now—the bacon jam burger. I would possibly get it because uh, it would, you know, it's free on the app. So maybe at some point I will try it for that yeah, reason. I don't know. It doesn't look good to me. Like in the, they've been playing the commercials nonstop during the Cardinal games, and like, mm. it doesn't look good. They don't even uh, have those two dudes in those commercials anymore. No. The queso burger, that one was really good when they made that. I liked that. it. Like, yeah. yeah. That was another one I got free on the app. The Sonic nice. app is so good. It's not, though. Like, they need yeah. a rewards deal. Like, it is nice they give that you a random help. free thing or a half-price thing. But you, like, we go there But they give half-price drinks all the time. Like, Yeah, but I feel like it, every other place has a rewards deal. Like, That's not true. McDonald's doesn't. Nah, you're right. That's the other place we go to. <laughs> They don't reward you for it either. No, they don't. Taco Bell tries to reward you, you know. Yeah, but uh, theirs expire, which is bullshit. Uh, you just gotta hurry back to Taco <laughs> Bell. That's not a problem. Yeah, I feel like a reward should be permanent. Your eternal reward. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, so apps. Get a reward, even if it's a shitty reward. Even if it's like, you know, you can have a small tot every now and then or whatever. Like, that would be something. Like, I, I was supposed to get a free goddamn pizza today with my Pizza Hut points, but I tried to order 18 times on their app and it kept just shitting itself. I've also been getting emails from Pizza Hut saying, like, we're open in case you were wondering. The app, <laughs> for some reason, says we're closed, but we're not. Order from us. I but mean, I can't goddamn do it because of the app. For years now, our McDonald's says it's closed all the time, so, you know. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You were saying, and then Lauren always tries to, like, tell them as if they're going to be able to do anything about right. it. So they don't care. But, like, they don't, I mean, they don't, you just show up and say, like, yeah, it says you guys are closed, but yeah, I got an order for Dustin. And they're like, oh, yeah, it's right here. Like, we got and it. They do, yeah. So just ignore the app saying, like, this place is closed. Are you sure you want to order from there? Like, McDonald's yes. doesn't close. What are you talking about, app? Some of them do. I think mine's 24 hours. Although in pandemic world, I don't I mean, know mine's anymore. in a gas station, so I don't know if it's 24 hours or not. The gas station probably is. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't mean the McDonald's is. Well, you know, tell them to march their way on over there and rev up the fryers. <laughs> oh, the Pizza Hut order that didn't work was going to be stupid anyway, because we got a coupon in the mail with an online code or whatever that says, hey, 30% off your whole online order, but... And it does specify on there you can't use it with other deals, but the deal I was using it for was my own reward points for a free pizza. So the money I was spending was the same either way for, you know, the other part of the order. I just wanted 30% off that, and it was like, no, you can't do that, asshole. Um, so fuck them. I'm glad. <laughs> I, ate, I ate Colton's tonight instead, and it was Ooh. pretty good, but I'm very full. Mm-hmm. I suppose we could talk about this isn't necessarily a talking it's it's I guess it's snack related uh my return to the world uh, which we sort of uh mm-hmm. mentioned earlier or maybe it was before we started recording like so we randomly mid-march uh decided you know what we're going to Chili's damn it 
<laughs> of and all so the we places. Went to, and, well, we <laughs> fucking love Chili's. We are Chili's <laughs> regulars. And it was, uh, we were back and it was cool to be back. But then like within 10 minutes of sitting down was like every shitty thing that could happen in going to a restaurant. And the and the Chili's in. Again, in, it's Chili's. <laughs> there are good Chili's and there are bad Chili's. And the one we have is typically a good Chili's. Like. Uh, but they were not having a good night that night where they were just painfully slow and then our apps and food came out at the same time and then they we did the big cookie and then they gave our cookie to someone else and we had to just, we sat there for, it was at least two plus hours. We were at the Chili's, <laughs> like it was forever. And they did finally comp a lot of our stuff because, and we didn't even complain, we were just sitting there just like, whew. And it was the first time, obviously, that, you know, toddler ass son had been to a restaurant in a year except he'd gone the the week before with uh with his grandma mine and and jake's mom who took him to this train restaurant Mm -hmm. so then he thinks after going to the the all restaurants do that yeah so (laughs) the train restaurant to be clear is a restaurant where your food comes on a little like mechanical train a little toy train brings you your stuff and anyway so he he we sit down at the chili's we're hanging out and he's like where are the trains like (laughs) where's the trains and like we had to tell him like in the other part of the restaurant and he was just not having it anyway so it was a two plus hour chili's experience of everything right. that we don't How are you gonna like keep about him entertained being... that long anyway like yeah and then a few days later we met uh my in-laws uh, at a mexican restaurant and it was also awful our chips never got refilled like our drinks didn't get refilled it was mm-hmm. it was on the border i don't know why i tried to like protect them <laughs> fuck you on the border like i was gonna uh, say like what mexican restaurant doesn't isn't on top of that shit and i was like oh yeah on the border yeah that's the one and, and <laughs> the like big when, chain when that one opened uh it was really shitty at first and then it's like they fired basically everybody or <laughs> replaced everybody and then it kind of got a lot better and then we discovered their happy hour menu and it was fantastic but uh, on this trip it was also a painfully long trip and without my damn chips that i wanted like <laughs> i'm here for your chips and salsa like it's true and, and cheese dip like i've thought before and this might be a fun discussion about like what's your like death row meal or whatever like you're going out or whatever and mine this only exists in some sort of fantasy world because i would want it to be on the border i think but it would have to be an on the border that is regularly refilling shit like my salsa (laughs) and my chips and my drink because i they'll you need them all because that salsa is fucking spicy so they better come back with the drink some more you know it's true but there's not one of those that exists that uh you know is that on top of things a couple days after that follow that up by going to uh ikea and to cheesecake factory Mm -hmm. and so ikea was my first time back in a store in at least a year because i don't like go to stores normally before the pandemic right Um, but it did remind me of a thing that i had been missing you know in my time at home which is how great it is to eavesdrop on people like Mm -hmm. just you know just walking past people having their own conversations and like just standing close enough to people but not looking at them so you can hear everything they're saying and like even if it's not even it doesn't even have to be like gossipy fun shit just like ooh, they're gonna buy that oh that's interesting like you know whatever they're talking about <laughs> is like super fascinating to me because i'm that kind of loser apparently i guess so i did well i mean i was gonna say how did you feel or like personal space wise being around so many people but i remember you're in a fucking school every day so like that part right. never so it wasn't a big deal got Plus, better you know, now i'm you know i'm fully vaccinated so it was like yeah. and speaking of the schools since our state got rid of its mask mandate and our school went yeah we don't our superintendent said um 
you know, I hate that the school put, because each school got to decide whether they wanted to continue wearing masks. And so he said, you know, I hate that the state put us in this position. I feel like they could yeah. have really helped us out by just coming up with a rule for all schools. And then he proceeded to say, so masks will be optional. And so all he did was just put it, each teacher yeah. in the same yeah. position he just complained about. That's so, true. Uh, Pass the buck. Fully vaccinated myself and not wanting to argue with people if I don't have to. It's just like, yep, yeah, fuck it, whatever. And mm. so, like, I have been without it. I've had it, like, on my wrist. I'm just wearing it at all the all the time there and then like i decided like if i'm gonna go like talk to an individual kid i will put it on though again it's uh, unlikely that i could pass anything to the kid being vaccinated but you never know and now they're getting uh shots themselves some of them so right i got my uh second dose on tuesday so did you have a lot of like side effects like i didn't just really. tired yeah see I, I i was tired tuesday night because that Wednesday was the night or whenever that was. Yeah. The next day. The next day was the day we did our makeup Mardi Gras party, which was on a Thursday. So our, you know, Judy Gras party. Um, <laughs> and it was awful. Like when the last kid left, I just like put my head down on my podium, which just stood there for like five <laughs> minutes. Just oh, I feel so awful. I never reached that level. I just couldn't stay up through all of AEW last night. I felt light years better than anyone else I talked to other than my wife, who had no issue other than, like, her, like, injection site yeah. itched. And, like, mm. uh, but everyone else I talked to was just awful, like, under, like, covers and blankets and just shivering. And, yeah. You know. See, I didn't have any of that. But, uh, but yeah, so starting to, I mean, I'm still not going to go to stores all the time and right. can't afford to go to restaurants all the time. <laughs> so, you know. We, yeah, we've, we've been in and out, you know, as safely as possible but you know still going to like hey we'll go to sam's club or something you know grocery stores <clears throat> occasionally eating trying to avoid bringing the toddler with us when we do that um you know since i guess june was the first time we really did anything last year and that was when things seemed to be getting normal that's when everything first started to open up again you know but we went to uh, i guess it was the first saturday of spring break we went to the zoo uh, a big zoo and we're thinking, oh, that's outside, that'll be fine. And it was the first great day weather-wise, and it's Saturday, and it's spring break, and COVID numbers are low. Fucking everybody was at the zoo. And right. it was like, I am uncomfortable around this many people, and there's no escape in any direction. And so, like, that's going to be a fun complex to deal with for the rest of my life, I'm sure. Right. I mean, I was thinking, like, I would be cool, like, going to, like, a sporting event again. Like, I was thinking... Um, you know, once I got my shots or whatever, that like going to a movie would be fine. Other than there's nothing playing at any movie, like right. I'm ready to go. Like put something yeah. there. Yeah, but I mean, movies. I have not been in a packed theater, and I don't know how long. Like yeah. <laughs> you go to the matinee, there's pretty empty theaters. You know, yeah, you don't really true. have any people up in your business. But. Yeah, and so that's the sort of new wrinkle now of like deciding now that Disney has, you know, they're gonna put more theatrical releases on disney plus eventually they'll be on there for just the regular disney plus plus price um but you know how badly do you want to see black widow and then like you do the math of like if we go see it in the theater we will spend more than what this costs to just watch it at home but we've been watching things at home like right and while this movie is it may be good it may not but like the way to see it and would be to see it at, on the big screen with big speakers and giant popcorn and you know in the dark or whatever right i did kind of get that feeling when i i rewatched uh into the spider-verse this week and was like i didn't see that in theaters when it came out i saw it later and then watching it this time i was like 
this would have been cool to see in theaters like that that maybe that's just nostalgia for i haven't been in a theater in a year but like i don't know but the last thing i saw in theaters was like little women so that really that experience Mm, didn't really improve much from seeing it on a giant screen yeah i was trying to think i could have told you if you didn't like say that about little women (laughs) like i was trying i could have told you exactly what it was it was the last thing we saw i'm pretty oh i know it was it was birds of prey yeah it was the the harley quinn that was movie probably more theatrical than you know i mean it, it was it was entertaining like I, I would watch it again sometime like i forgot what i was gonna say but yeah as far as going places you know sporting events i wouldn't be worried about uh, there's a concert that we had tickets for uh that was supposed to be in like july of 2020 that i think is scheduled now for like february of 2022 that <laughs> like maybe we'll see elton john maybe he'll still be alive by then um we'll see yeah but like i feel like this is the time to go to a sporting event like you could go and because of all the like spacing and shit like you don't have to deal with like not having enough leg and arm room and like whatever like you can especially on like a hot like outdoor like baseball game situation like spread your arms and legs out there's (laughs) nobody near you like social distancing is the greatest like yeah i guess enjoy it while it lasts i guess yeah (laughs) Because you know it's going away as soon as they can cram legally more people in there. Right, that is that is probably true. <laughs> Baseball's just started back up, professional baseball. Each stadium has its own rules. Most of them are like 20%, 33%, except for uh, the Texas Rangers, who are 100%, like, just oh, because. I, I would have guessed Florida, but okay. No, well, the, nobody shows up to either of the Florida team games anyway. Like, they literally, their attendance before pandemic and now is about the same. Like, I'd see. Um, I, I don't pay enough attention to no, both, baseball. Both teams suck. Um, well, the, actually, that's not true. The Tampa is pretty good, but their field is, or their stadium is so awful. Like, they're going to be moved. Um, oh, I did have one note. Um, you ever take yourself on a self-date? Is that a thing? Uh, no, uh, no, because for me, a fun thing to do would be to just stay at home all day. <laughs> like, that's true. Well, see, I have a rotating off day. So like one week, it's Monday. Next week, it's Tuesday. You know, that kind of thing. Um, but my wife is a teacher. So like she doesn't get that. She gets weekends and I'm usually working. And the thing about weekends is, you know, the kid is also home. <laughs> but, you know, if I get a Tuesday off, guess what? He's going to school and I got the whole day to myself. And if I don't have shit to do, hey, maybe I'll go out and usually it's like get a haircut or something. But, you know, I'll plan it all around where I'm going to eat in the process because uh, it's obviously the way to do things. So I had one of those last week where it was, you know, get a haircut and I did some like Easter shopping because uh, Spoilers, my wife decided to get me an Easter basket, which made me go, well, I guess I need to get her an Easter basket, and I wonder if this is just a, you know, the rest of our lives tradition has just started that I gotta <laughs> somehow come up with gifts for every time. Yeah, you played we'll yourself. <laughs> I kind of did, but, you know, I did get a haircut, and I got to go eat five guys out of it, so that was fun. Which, uh, <laughs> you want to take a swing at, like, it's been a while since I've been there, but you want to take a swing at what a Jake-sized meal at Five Guys costs, you know? Five Guys lunch for one. So you're probably, you're getting the, the regular burger uh, with the two patties, probably yep. adding bacon. Yep. Um, Probably getting a regular or, like, a small fry for just yep. you. Um, A hot dog, too? <laughs> no. You hot dog, too? I just no? did oh, burger right. and fries and drink. Oh, well, okay. It was 18 fucking dollars. 
that uh, that's, that's a lot. That is. I hadn't been there since. So I'm sure me and you went there together. Would have been the last time. Yeah, because it's like our meeting spot. Um, <laughs> but it was also delicious. But that was also the day before I got sick, so I couldn't taste like the heat on the uh, jalapenos that much. Mm. So yeah, no. But just uh, staying home is kind of was kind of my thing before this, and it's still <laughs> my thing now. So like, sure, I uh, do plenty of that too. I decided to stay home one day last week, but like, did I, I didn't do anything exciting. I didn't want to drive to daycare and back. So I stayed home with my son too. Like on purpose, stayed home with a toddler, not like got stuck with one, but like your daycare is farther away than mine. It is. Yeah. Um, so, you know, by the time I drove 30 minutes there and 30 minutes back and then did the same later in the day, it's like, well, there went two hours of my uh, (laughs) day day off. off. Yeah. Where I could just be, you know, can't blame you hanging out. I was going to note, I don't know if you're aware of this, maybe it's been a thing forever and I've never fucking bothered, but the uh, fancy Coke machines with the mix-ins and the touchscreen and all that, mm-hmm. to prevent people from using the touchscreen, they have a QR code you can scan on them now, which will take you to the uh, fancy Coke website, I guess, where it, it'll like... just do it on your phone Yeah, instead? you just press yeah. pour and it'll start pouring oh God, and then you let go. No... There's no way the old people can handle that. They I couldn't know. handle the damn touchscreen. Like, how are the boomers living in this world? I think the touchscreen still works. I just okay, It's good. just if you don't want to touch it, I think. Oh, okay. So okay, thank good. God for that. Although I felt like a boomer because I'd never used a QR code before in my life. And I definitely just took a picture of it the first time. I was like, why didn't it go? How do you do this? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I, I had to learn how earlier this year because all of our, like, sign-in things uh, for our back-to-school meetings and stuff were through QR codes. And I had to be mm-hmm. like... What, but what do I do though? Like, Where's the QR app? Literally had to ask a, a woman who's like, uh, you know, we've shout out to Kathy again, uh, <laughs> who's, you know, our mom's age. Like, hey, like, how do you, what do you do? Like, I don't know how to do this. Right. Like, well, when they were first introduced, I didn't have a smartphone. And I feel like the year after they were first introduced, people decided you never need to use these. So don't learn them. So mm-hmm. I didn't. And, you know, used one now to get cherry coke or something yeah actually it wasn't that, even that because they were sold out of like fucking everything and i was mad about it i forgot I, about it but now i'm mad about it again i just remembered this from spring break as well there was a day um where i was gonna go to talk or did go to taco bueno and just went i spent over 20 bucks on food just for me <laughs> like nice well it was like i, I got the big freaking nachos because they're mm. fantastic, um, which doesn't have like a combo that can go with it. But I also wanted a big drink to go with that, of course. And then I was like, I kind of want a quesadilla. Like I could get, you know, and so I got a damn chicken quesadilla, which is a big ass quesadilla to go with this already big ass nachos. And I was nice. like, well, of course I want two cheesecake chimichangas too. Gotta have them. Yeah. So then I ate them all in my in my bed watching the uh, first uh, Razorback game in the March Madness. Um, mm. Like. But I'm eating them, like, sitting in my bed with, like, the nachos, like, in my lap, just trying to bend over as far as possible so I don't drip on our white bedspread and white sheets. <laughs> um, I was very nervous. And then, like, watching this game, oh, come on, that's a foul! Like, the whole time, like, with... Oh, it was bad. I mean, it was delicious and fantastic. I just remembered a fun Taco Bueno anecdote where, like, we first moved to a town where it was, and we were going there all the time, and we were so excited about it. It involved... The big old burrito, which we were excited. That was my go-to thing. Probably still would be if I went there regularly. We were so excited. Like, oh, you got to get the big old burrito. It's good. It's fun to say. Like, big old burrito. And we mentioned that to our dad. And he was like, you don't think it's maybe a big Olay burrito? And we both just went like, 
oh god damn it how stupid are we how many times have we said that wrong like into the like you know drive through window they must think we're so dumb but we're right actually it is ol apostrophe but it would be so like believable for us to read that it's a big old burrito o-l-e obviously yep um i mean from the same people you know who were talking about you know we would routinely switch from English to Spanish and restaurant names with Los Three and, you know, Ranchito Two and, you know, whatever. That's a fair point. But, I mean, that's a wrestling. Viano Four says hi. <laughs> like, it's a thing. That is, yeah. It's all uh, Mike Tenay's fault. Yeah. I almost said Shivani, but, like, no one was talking about the Vianos except Mike Tenay. <laughs> ultimate, ultimate dragon. Yeah, right? there you go. Trying to think anything else I ate that was just super fat ass recently. <laughs> uh, the the biggie bag is back. That's fantastic. At Wendy's? No, I'm not in yeah. favor of that. I you miss... don't want the biggie bag? No, because they used to do the, they call it like the giant JBC. It was the junior bacon cheeseburger with an extra patty, you know, yeah. which is good. But a biggie bag, like it's the double, right? Which the double comes with doesn't have the bacon. And no, this has bacon. This oh, is it does? a bacon okay. double. Yeah, I was unaware of that. But it yeah. adds onions, and it adds. But you can, if you're getting it on the app, that's not a problem. Like, just say it no. It also onions. adds the pickles, but they have the sweet they pickles. They got the goddamn sweet pickles. But again, on the app, on the I'm app, just not saying, a problem. And you can upsize your drink on the app too. It's a whole thing. Like, it's fantastic. It's, it's just subtraction by addition. Like, you put shitty it's, things on the thing that was already good. Bring look, back the giant the JBC. Thing, sure, but the thing you liked about a four for four earlier was that it was easy for you to say in the drive through or whatever. Right. But like now you're using the app. Like it doesn't it's matter true. what it's called. Like just, just click, click and do. Yes. <laughs> click and do. You're right. <laughs> Apps. They're the future, man. Well, if you've enjoyed our podcast, click and do a five-star review, and we'll see you next time. We don't have any rewards for you, though, even though we just said everybody needs a rewards program. (laughs) We're like Sonic. Yep. We suck. Dudes. Wait, we don't suck dudes. (laughs) Uh, Can't take it back.